Hello, what is up, everybody? This is Andrew Widmer, and this is the XU Podcast. It's a weekly EDM show, pretty much talking about favorite songs, favorite artists. We interview DJs, producers, people in the electronic scene. We really just talk about the music that we love. So we, we, we have fun, and, and this week I had an awesome conversation with a DJ who goes by the name of Squalls. S-Q-U-A-L-Z-Z, John Paul Loudon. He's from Arlington, Texas. I first heard about him a couple years ago, back in 2017, and he makes super incredible music, and he's also a super talented musician, just in general. Plays guitar, I was talking with him, and he had some guitars hanging on his wall in his home studio at home, looking like a badass. Um, And he's super talented on the piano as well. And we talk about how he incorporates those live instruments into his producing. Um, He knows his way around FL Studio and and using synths and plugins, but he wants to have legitimate um, guitars and and instruments into his music. Um, So he's working on some new projects. He's working on um, some new music and a new sound and how he's developing that. We kind of got into that in the conversation. We also talk about some topics about live music and, and live vocals within the electronic world. So this one, like I said, was super, super fun. I had a blast talking with John and I'm really, really excited for him to come out with some new music because it has been a while. Um, and I know he's going to come with some unique, new and fresh stuff. You can follow him at Squalls Official. That's S-Q-U-A-L-Z-Z Official on Instagram, on Twitter. You can find him on Spotify. And if you enjoy this conversation, share it with your friends. Share it with anyone who you, who you know likes dance music. Just enjoyed shooting the shit with him. So this is the conversation with Squalls. This is the XU Podcast, episode 21. All right, welcome back to the XU Podcast, episode 21. Another week, another episode. Super, super stoked. We are coming right off of Ultra Music Festival down in Miami. So there's a lot of things going on in the music world to talk about. And I'm also joined today by another guest. So we're keeping the guest rolling, which I'm super stoked about. The guest I have on today goes by the name of Squalls, John Paul Loudon. I got that from your Spotify. So welcome to the show, Squalls. You want to go by John? You want to go by Squalls? Am I saying saying it right? I want to make sure. You're saying it right. And let's go by John, I guess. You know, seems awesome. more casual. Yeah. Casual conversation. Definitely. Well, I was just telling John right before he hopped on how I've been, how I got connected with him was my end of my junior year of college. It must've been, uh, I was very close with his cousin who I, I think Stefan is your cousin. Uh, yeah. my, my good friend, Stefan Puente at Providence college, you know, we would be list at parties together, sharing music together. And he knew I was super into electronic music. And he told me that his cousin was making music. It was, was DJing and, and producing music. So I checked him out. He had a SoundCloud. And I think you had like one of your first releases on Spotify. So early days of Squall, I, I was, I was following it. I remember being like, this is really good. This is, this is a solid sound. Um, I'm going to let you kind of do an intro for yourself, but so kind of your background, like who you are, how you got into dance music. And also for people who haven't heard your music, kind of what it sounds like, what they can expect. For sure. Well, yeah, I go by Squalls. Name's John Paul. Got that through already from yeah. You. But um, it all started with like honestly rock. Like when I was younger, like I always when I was when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a rock star of some sort. Kind of just like 
I, I fell in love with everything from all the 60s music because my dad, that's all he would play is like a psychedelic rock from the 60s. And then my mother had like 80s music and like the Def Leppards and Michael Jackson's and stuff like that. So from an early age, I just grew very fond of these big personalities. And I always felt myself like, oh, I have somewhat of a big personality. I like to think at least. And so I said, maybe these are my type of people. And once I, once I started like getting to the age of, let me go 14. That's when I, I heard Skrillex for the first time. And I said, oh my God, like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I was so, so, so intrigued from the second I heard Scary Monsters, as I'm sure that's like a million other people's like entrance into dance yeah. music. But when, you, when you're a kid and you're looking for that like creative freedom that you never had felt before, that, that shit, can I cause on here? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I was like, I was like, that, no. that shit really changed my life it yeah. felt like literally an like an audible orgasm of some sort yeah. at a young age and my god like do you have a similar experience with skrillex like not with skrillex so um i've shared this story a bunch but uh my i also come from like a house where my parents were super into music so growing up yeah. it was, um my parents were actually huge grateful deadheads um so like oh there we I, go that was the basis of them, but they also loved you too. They loved, you know, Bruce Springsteen and, and shows like that. So for me, and I, and I was going to, when you were talking, it made me think it, it felt like when I, for me, it was a VG. So when I've heard like levels oh, big time here, big yeah. Time here too. So, so for me, when I heard that, it was almost like I had always loved music, but I had found like my own sense of it and like my own territory that was unmarked. My parents didn't know about it. Like no one really knew about yes. it when it first came on the scene. So yeah, sim similar for me though, with a VG. Yeah, Vici's a very special one. Man, I, I'll never forget when I heard um, um, Shame on You off yeah. of a, a, a true? Yeah. true. Yeah, true. Dude, I was like, I had never in my life felt like, oh, okay, these are the two favorite things I love the most. Like this like classic kind of album felt feel of like Motown Records slash like classic rock feel yeah. mixed with dance music. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. we can do this like we can do this it it's you can it talk I, mean, I i want to have like a whole just like a vici podcast that i do where i talk <laughs> okay. about um but you're Wait, talking about like, rest in peace to tim rest in peace yeah of tim. course um so you're talking about like being like how you kind of looked up at like when you were younger at like these rock stars and that's kind of what you envision yourself as now yeah yeah i i don't uh i don't release videos so people who are listening to this uh uh john's sitting here with a rock star haircut and behind him are about four electric guitars um so i'm imagining you're in your bedroom studio or maybe just two. Well, i got two over here yeah he's he's got a ton of guitars lined up so um tell me about like your musical just life like when you obviously you were a fan of it but like when did you have a knack for it and then when did that translate to the electronic world yeah when well when i was a kid um we had like an old piano that was my my father's mother's my grandmother i guess i should say her piano and i would always just kind of fiddle on it and honestly i would pick up actual tunes very easy and it, my mom used to go what the hell like like because you know normally when you have like a little kid running around just banging on the piano i never wanted to like bang on it i always felt like i can actually like play this thing and like slowly and surely i would just hear stuff through my my ear and play it like i, I don't get it myself that like little 
tick, but I yeah. have that where it's just like I hear it, I can play it. And not 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 to an extent of like I can go on uh, a concert pianist level of for lease by Beethoven mm-hmm. or anything like that, but to an extent of like making a record, that's what I found out. Yeah. Like so when I was hearing like the Bee Gees and stuff, I would be trying to play along with it on my piano. And uh my mother was just like, wow. So from then I started going, okay, well, how can I make music? And I never found that answer for a while. Like, you know, because I was like probably 10 through 15, I, I just never knew how. And then I saw Skrillex and I started looking up like, okay, well, how does people make dubstep? How do, what's electronic music? And it was FL Studio. Yeah. And so I said, okay, let's go. Just, that's the first thing I saw. I didn't see, I didn't know there was a Ableton or um, Logic, none of the other DAWs, but I saw FL Studio and I said, let's do it. I downloaded the demo and I've, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life this is like I'd always kind of made little songs in my head but they would just stay there but now I'm like I can actually put stuff down I yeah. can experiment and, that, and then learning about the sound engineering part of having a DAW in its own right is absolutely mind-blowing like the like reverbs effects yeah all, I can go on for hours about just some VSTs I've found of just massive sound qualities and when you were just telling us about kind of how you found fl studio and then obviously finding out about sound and engineering and editing um i won't dive too into like the story of how you got like good at it because i feel like that's you know for a lot of people it's just a lot of hard work and and kind of just learning it um but i will ask you when was like when was the time where you finally had something whether it was finishing a song or reaching a point where you were like, I've got something here, something tangible that like I might be getting somewhere. That's a good question. Um, there was this one time I remember I was about probably 16 and I made this kind of like, just kind of like pop songy type of chain smokery type of song. And I sent it to this girl named Aaron, shout out Aaron. Don't know where she is now, but hope she's doing good. Um, <laughs> She sent it to her friends too. Cause I was like, Hey, tell me if this is any good. Oh, I remember what it was. It was a remix of a Zane song and I sent it. And then she, this girl sent back a picture to her. And then of course she sent it to me of a, uh, she was like crying and she was like, it was so good. And I was wow. like, okay. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's intense. Like, and as a 16 year old looking for something to like feel important by, that felt like the shot of energy I'd never felt before going like, I just made someone emote yeah. for my music. Absolutely mind-blowing time. That's super cool. Now, I feel like for you, and, and I obviously only know you through, through the internet and, and through following your music, um, you seem to, and you talked about it a little bit, but hmm. you're super, I can tell that you're a big music fan, not just in electronic music, which I think is, yeah. is something I want to touch on. I, I, I saw, I was looking at your Twitter. You just posted something about the Beatles. I always see you, you know, posting, which is obviously, and, and all, I think good producers bring influences from the outside music world, but um, talk a little bit about that. Like, and, and specifically how you kind of, think that impacts your actual production and on the electronic side of things. And do you, do you make music that's not electronic or? I have a lot of it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm working on it. I'm trying to literally my whole kind of hiatus has been 
about finding how I can find that perfect in the middle between my two favorite things. Yeah. It's been tough, but it's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. But yeah, going back to the like the Beatles and stuff. Well, like I said, I grew up on a lot of it. And through the pandemic, I I found like a sort of new outlet from all the music I'd been listening to. I'd only been really listening to pop radio, like what was popping to get influences and what was popping in electronic music of like 2014 through 2018. Like I was just listening to this genre of music, had no kind of open ear, open mind to even want to hear anything else. So when the pandemic hit, I felt like, well, for, for starters, I didn't know what, what the hell like DJ culture is going to be like right now. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, in a weird way, subconsciously reverted from something that I couldn't do in the moment. And so I was like, well, let's take it back to the roots, right? Every, every artist has that, like, go back to the roots feeling. And I was like, well, let's do it from the childhood music. And I got really into like psychedelic rock because of Tame Impala. I started mm -hmm. hearing Tame Impala and I'm sure everybody has a great opinion, but I was, I had never felt like a kid before like that because Skrillex was my new thing, but Tame Impala felt like this, like almost blast from the past, but also brand new music. And I, I, I'd never kind of knew you could do that kind of have the, and, it, and to me, and I want to ask you this question too, Tame Impala, in my opinion, sounds electronic. Yeah, like they totally. give me this, like, com like it feels like a producer. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, I view it in a way of like most of the sonic work is done productionally. And that's what that band does perfect to me. It brings like the best sonics of all drums, the best sonics of guitars and all the wavy pedals and stuff. Oh, they yeah. bring it to the best light. And so when I heard that, I said, okay, I want to incorporate that into my music because that's what I've always felt like. Like this is this was like I didn't know, I, I always have this insecurity of like I didn't know I could do something. Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. I almost feel like I have to stay in sort of a lane. And when I heard that, I said, okay, I'm just gonna like do what I want now. Yeah. I'm gonna add guitars to drops. I'm gonna add like organic drums for instead of like all the super like uh drum kit sounds. It 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 opened up my avenue of wanting to learn why that music was good too. So yeah. I, I went back and I, I literally listened to all the Beatles discography. And I said, this had such an impact on people. Like why? Like, yeah. when you know, like, like giant phenomenons when they happen, you mm -hmm. just go, okay, why did this specific thing do it? Was it yeah. just a chance? Was it just, or was it meant to be, or did they do something so specific that it had to last? I get real introspective like that about things. Yeah. And so I just listened to everything. I said, I want to be great. So let's let the greats get into my ears. And I started studying all their production techniques from like Jeff Emmerich, who, who produced with uh, George Martin, all the Beatles stuff. And I learned all these that they started a lot of these techniques mm -hmm. that we use today at Abbey Road Studios of, uh, I think, SSL, the first SSL compressor was invented there. And so, so with all the creative tape emulation stuff that like we use now on, on records is literally mimicked from these first records. And so I started realizing that they influenced such a big branch of everything that is today that I went, wow, yeah, I got to study from the root. And yeah. so I just started learning, 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 learning about all their 
recording techniques. And now I want to mix what I knew from the modern world. Like if I was like, if I could give the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or some other record recording studio artists, like Ableton, like yeah, <laughs> what seriously. would you do, man? Yeah. Like, like you hear some of the Jimi Hendrix records where he's making all this terrifying noises with the guitar. And you're like, if you would have had massive or, yeah. or serum, you know, modern VSTs, this dude would have been making some sort of experimental dubstep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about that a lot too. And, and I've, I've mentioned it on this pod just as a big fan of electronic music. I think it, you know, EDM and electronic music, music as a whole has always kind of caught ricochet shots from, I think like what I call music hardos and music hardos, regardless of what kind of define music that, they, define that. Um, just someone who gatekeeps music and kind of like tells you what is music and what, why, you know, the, the same, the rights off electronic music because it's somebody pressing play. Um, and back to your point, when there's a, when there's a, when there's those phenomenons and, and those people who the Beatles and in my opinion, Avicii and like why, when there's these massive followings, like Calvin Harris. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For, for yeah. a reason. So um, going back to what you were saying, like if they had Ableton um, or what if someone like Mozart or if somebody like, oh, Bach, yeah. you know, was around today, that's, just, you know, you could look at that. Um, I want to talk about, cause you mentioned it briefly. Um, the hiatus, because from what I remember is I got into you and, and you were you were striking hot with a lot of your songs. I know you did official remix for Lost Kings, Chainsmokers, uh, Gattuso, Telecast. Like you have all these pretty awesome songs, originals on Spotify. Um, and that was, uh, I guess I would call it as just like a self-proclaimed Squalls fan, like wave one of Squalls, like kind of like yeah. chapter one um and then talk about your hiatus and I, you already did and, and how you got into the different music but um was it solely to do that or was it unintentional or was it kind of oh, it, it was unintentional unintentional yeah. but in multiple ways that weren't my own that feels like it like it felt like a a new stepping stone in my my artistic ability and I, I said, okay, I love, I call myself a guitarist, right? And I said, but I'm not really that good. So I said, in this time that I'm going to not be making music, I told myself I'm not going to, I said, I want to, I want to become better at instruments so I can actually like want to incorporate them in, in recording and not have to like feel so held back at times with actual instruments. Because to me, some of the best recordings I can, I can get on that like old head, idea sometimes because I, I i can understand their argument at times like oh it's not real because no one like pressed on the keys a certain way or if yeah. they if they if they used a piano it's like midi in where it's all perfectly hitting the same velocity at the exact same time which is you know inorganic so i understand that but i wanted to fill every gap i could instead of using midi with like organic playing or guitar because i feel like when you bring that the best of both worlds together, they can't get upset at you. If you show them, you go, no, I played this. It's electronic music. Played it with my hands. Yeah. That's a guitar going that I actually played. I didn't chop it up and make it super on the grid. I'm, I'm, I'm an instrumental, I'm an instrumentalist as well. So you can't yeah. use that argument against me. Cause for me, I can get uh, self-conscious in that way where I'm like, I don't want someone to go, well, you just typed this in. Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to show you. I didn't. Yeah. Seriously. I um, hope you can hear it in the music. I really try to like 
yeah keep stuff super organic sounding to- totally and real quick from just uh someone who's not too in tune with like production i actually had a quick stint with an fl studio i always tell the joke i did yeah. like you know I, I i made some ring, pretty awesome sounding ringtones um <laughs> but is guitar the the hardest instrument to translate elect like by straight up just not playing it I would imagine it is in terms of just like having a strumming because there's like five strings and how you like it. Would you, would you agree with that? I And and you're meaning on like, like a fake guitar versus a real. Yeah. Like a plug, a plug in guitar trying to draw a G note or G chord. It's a big difference. I I hear it every time. Um, And it's not a bad thing though. it's, It's just simply a taste. But to me, I like the actual guitar because totally like you said, you, you, you hear, you hear a player's absolute emotion coming out of it. Like when you hear Eddie Van Halen, you hear Eddie Van Halen. When you hear yeah. Jimmy Page, you hear Jimmy Page, hear Kurt Cobain. It literally sounds like how he sings. Mm-hmm. You can't emulate that in a VST. Yeah. Because that every pluck he's doing is like a physical part of his fiber of his body, touching the string on both sides. Like, it's not emulatable. Yeah. But but is is one better than the other? No, no. Yeah, and this I actually want to take that thought and kind of weave it into what I wanted to talk about, which is kind of just electronic music and live performance. Um singing, drums, guitar, whatever it may be. Now I want to uh preface this with I watched some of the ultra stream from this past weekend um, tuned into a couple sets. Arnie Garrix's was awesome. Alessa's was awesome. Now Kygo for you. Uh, uh, yeah. So I'm, a, <laughs> I, I am, I am a huge Kygo fan. My dog's name is Kygo. Yeah. I've, I've always you, you been, said, a, you said high expectations. Huh? Well, and over the past two years, since his album came out in May of 2020, I felt that he has quite frankly sold out. I think a lot of what he does is just tarnished his brand. I think it's a lot of how can we partner with this company and and this alcohol drink and we'll have a exclusive festival for, you know, these Instagram influencers and the songs are all very like, you know, there's a lot you could I could go on a whole rant and about you have, this. And you have that argument. Like it's a fair argument. Too. Yeah. And I, so when I saw that he was closing Friday night at ultra, I was like, okay, this is a big set for him as a, as a DJ in the, in the dance music world. And I, so I was like, I'm going to watch it. So I tuned in and ultimately the first 15 minutes was pretty good. I was like very impressed. He was playing a lot of future rave, like big sound. And and he had some of those moments and then he completely just shut the whole thing down and brought out Joe Jonas and uh, Joe Jonas's band dance um, for their song. Uh, I think dancing feet or so, one of the new singles. I don't know how big yeah, of a yeah. Kygo fan you are, or, or if you follow. Oh, I was a big, big Kygo fan for yeah. like the early stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing in on him, but my, my takeaway from it is, and I've said this before is I just have never found that live music live instrument live instrument not so much and and i'm curious to get your take on this but singing specifically never translates well um when it comes to a live show and and i brought that in because you were just mentioning how the emotion that goes into it in the production you can you can hear that in a song if it's just from a computer or if it's somebody in a studio so um and you brought up a good point which kind of spurred this conversation in this podcast was 
you know, maybe it is the fact that when you, when I hear it, when I'm on a run and I'm hearing, you know, Ryan Tedderson calling by Alesso, it's mm-hmm. produced, there's auto tune, there's reverb, there's, there's everything. It's hundred vocal layers. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's what I love. And that's, you know, and then when I hear it live and he comes out, it doesn't hit the same. So I don't know if this is like a question or not, but like, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on, on, on that whole thing. No. And, and as a musician I, and an instrumentalist, yeah, I have always had the thought of, is it worth it? Yeah. Because it comes back to where I'm caught in the caught in the middle of the things where it's like, I love, I love seeing live performance because it, it shows that there is no, genie at work there's nothing magic behind the curtains it's like this person's doing this role that they're playing but then it comes to the production side where like when you're hearing like you like you said the alesso track it it, it's it's produced to an extent so well where where every layer of vocal is like placed on a sonic level of the the sphere and live it's just a guy singing which takes almost like all the pizzazz away from the original essence of the song like for instance, Maddion, like mm-hmm. Maddion does a good job of it, but he's also look what he's singing into. He's yeah. singing into a vocal chain. Same with Most Porter. of the times at Ultra, it's just like, here's your PA mic, go sing yeah. the song. I Maybe think also they might have effects. They yeah. might. I wouldn't know. I also and, think, not to cut you off, but I think a lot no, of times, uh, especially at like me, one of the reasons why I probably got so frustrated. I mean, Tygo also brought up Fifty Cent, which like. I love 50 cent, but if I'm at the main yeah, stage, of all, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I was a little, I was a little drunk on the train ride home, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I love 50 cent. Like, again, like it, I had fans coming at me on Twitter and like, it's, it's nothing to do with 50 cent. It's really nothing to do with Joe Jonas. It's just like, if, if I feel like if you're at the main stage of ultra on a Friday night, me personally, like I'm not there to see candy shop and like you know some 50 cent tracks again fine with people disagreeing with that damn capitalists yeah i know exactly it's just it's very like it's very it's like when avici did it with wake me up right like that got a lot of it was innovative it was innovative. yeah but and it got and it and i and i don't even think it sounded good like i go back and watch that and it didn't sound good and people had a reason to boo but it was something new and innovative it was ambition it was it like there when you hear an artist right this, this is like, I'm going on a quick rant about that you exact can. thing is um, when, when I hear artists, I, I don't care how good you are at like the instrument or your actual ability. I just want to hear that damn ambition. Yeah. It almost like it almost precedes mixing. It precedes like actually quality. When, when you just see somebody go, I'm going to go, I'm going for it at a hundred percent with my full honest capability. I, I, I say thumbs up every time. Like that's yeah, some of my favorite of music. So like when Avicii does that, I just got to give the thumbs up, even though like it, in hindsight, it didn't sound good, like yeah. audibly, but. And I think that's where my. Say it was a great, it was a great execution of being new. Yeah. And, and going for it. Like you said, yeah. like, I think that's why I've been so disappointed with as a, as a Kygo fan is because I feel like he, it's like, he's just become a, a pop star that they shuffle out there at all, like the big sponsored events. And there's, you know, American expresses your, this new NFT project or whatever it may be. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's just not, and as someone who's a big Kygo fan, who knows he's an incredible musician who has put out incredible music, that's kind of where my, uh, 
you know, frustrations come And it's funny because I originally was super bummed with the chain smokers when Drew started singing, just like everybody who was, I felt like every chain smoker fan at first. And I think he still gets a lot of hate. Um, I actually have come around on him singing because like he's he is going for it and he's taken on the hate yeah. and it's different. And quite frankly, like a big chain smoker song when like their own DJ is singing it like that's pretty cool. On the flip side of that, they also brought in a drummer who's like incredibly talented and super like I think they found him from YouTube or something um that i can't get down with as much as far as like just like a fan because if i'm at a show like the drums just don't add anything for me and i guess it's me being like it's an extra player. layer like it's it's like an added layer to something that your brain has already like set a pattern for yeah in a way you know totally and and if i'm at a chain smoker song and, and they're playing closer i want the drop to be the like again kind of going back drop. to my yeah like and, and when it, when it's a drum so it's just an interesting like and again i i can appreciate like you said artists who go for it i want to ask you about like uh guitar in electronic music who you yeah. think does it the best or who are some who are some inspirations or not inspirations but just people you see in the in the music world who do it really well um, I really appreciate Son Holo a lot yeah. with it. I feel like it's so tasteful. It's not mm-hmm. like some corny, just like, yeah. like he's not just like at Guitar Center live. Like, yeah. like, cause that's something I never want to see with guitar. I feel like that era is kind of done with. Mm-hmm. There's already been the greatest, like, in my opinion, like just crazy finger style playing people like mm-hmm. Van Halen or even this new guy, uh, Tim Henson from Polyphia. Do you know yeah, about him? I, I don't. Oh, okay. Well, he's like the modern day, like tremendous guitar player of our time. Like he comes up with like trap beats with, with the guitar yeah, pad. Cool. Interesting stuff. But to me, when, when, when San Holo does it, it's so tasteful. It's like, it's like a piece of the music. It's not just this shred. And yeah. then there's uh what's his name? Solomon King. He does it too. I'm not a, a giant fan of him. I like a few of the songs, that's for sure. But um, I'm glad he's doing it. I guess that's yeah. the only... I, I, I just really pre- prefer the way of San Holo's way of just using it kind of totally. like a, a paintbrush of sound instead of just a bunch of hammers and nails. Yeah, it's 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 funny because I think guitar actually, if I because I was just talking about like live instruments and, and live for me it's really just like drums and vocals that i found like i don't see translate well i think i'm a huge griffin fan and i saw his his live yeah his live show a couple years ago was like blew me away and i've actually as a as a griffin fan i have gripes with a lot of djs like i don't know why he hasn't like and he's got a new song coming out i think he's starting a new chapter this friday or new project so i'm hoping he gets back to that live show he had because in my opinion when he was up there you know, with his guitar or playing the piano during like one of his, his shows. Um, that's Does an he awesome. Not do that still? He's he like since the pandemic, he's really only done uh, DJ sets. Um, oh. Yeah, which for me, I'm like, you know, it is such a, like I I I can appreciate, and I will never have gripes with, you know, being a huge Avicii fan and him up there for me, virtually doing nothing but just presenting his amazing music, and I love that yeah. at shows. Um, but when you can rip a guitar even if it's just like a, a, a melody drop you know uh that that will always play for me so son is is really amazing oh wait, i, I want to ask you one quick question yeah of course because what you said is kind of okay very interesting with um 
what I like about San Holo is, and like Porter Robinson, Madion, is that they're changing the actual scene itself with the, or Odessa. Odessa is a good one. I got to say them too. Yeah. They, their presentation of a show is so outside of the DJ realm that like it's not considered like quote-unquote DJable music, but it's still electronic music. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like, how, how much longer do you feel like the scene as we see it is going to stay this way? Because it can't stay like this forever for growth-wise. Yeah, that's that's a great question, and especially after I just watched Ultra this past weekend. Because like, I've seen that Ultra. You know, I've yeah. watched Ultra when I was a kid. Like I used to rewatch the Nicky Romero 2014 Ultra set like yeah. religiously. And but it has been very similar. It feels like okay, as a fan and, and a short, short attention span person, yeah, I need my scene to grow with me in a way. Like yeah. that's where I've kind of slightly fallen off the wagon at times as being such a great electronic music fan, is that I feel like we have hit such a plateau at times. Yeah. Like that Martin Garrix, um Skrillex, all the way up to like marshmallow, right from that. Yeah era it's like it feels like there was such a giant plateau that's such a great point and you're completely right and i think when it comes to the dance music and electronic music world there's always like there's a reason that you see like trends of genres only go for two years three years maybe less than that sometimes Um, i think rhythm came into my ear and left within like a year yeah so what I'll say, though, is I think people are really quick to, uh, and this is, again, fresh off of this past weekend, watching some of the Ultra and reading some of the, the comments. Um, I think people are really quick to either say, like, oh, Progressive House is back, or we need to change this up. We need something different on the main stage. And, like, I, I agree. I think, uh, like, having having different genres and different, different artists and, and seeing, and like, you know, seeing the industry push one artist into try to getting them, you know, into a bigger spot is super important. Um, with that being said, I do think that, you know, and, and maybe I'm just like a, a, a sucker for it, but like, for me, Alesso is like one of the Titans that will like need to, be like there's a reason that he's been there for so long and i think sometimes even i like forget it because it can get a little old sometimes and and so but then in my opinion i watched his set from this last week and i was like i mean this is like so important like this type of especially after the past two years not having like you know real you know with covid it was so hard to have those moments like there was no scene really yeah because like the online stuff the online shows I did a few. I I didn't feel like they hit it, a spot. It's not heart. the same. Nothing. No. Electronic music is just. It's no a live. Matter. It's a live. It's a live medium. Yeah, like, and and I I take videos at concerts, but I like they never are. They you just have to be appreciative of the moment. But to your point, like I think I'm I'm biased because I like grew like i got super into the progressive house like so many people like that was my like and i still love it and it's still like my favorite some of the type. like highest highs i've ever felt are from some progressive house songs yeah oh it's like those those moments like those big big moments like i like i was getting goosebumps watching by myself like the alesso set you know just kind of like because it brings back good memories and there is nostalgia to it and i don't like when i see a lot of comments especially after this weekend of like people either shitting on nostalgia or like saying there's oh, not a, what? Yes. I, what are we mad about? Yeah, it's what music. are we mad about? Like yellow, like, you know yellow I mean? by yellow by cold play doesn't get old. 
like there's a reason that and that's Giannis, okay yeah you know exactly what I mean? like there's a reason they're called timeless records and they yeah. need to be played because guess what people want to hear it and most of the people on twitter saying that a lot of them probably aren't even at the show yeah you know what i mean like dude would you hear don't you worry child for the five thousandth time yeah it's still you just put that hand up yeah you just put that hand up and you let that like kid spirit just fly out of you yeah whether you want to or not and to your question about uh like what needs to happen and to keep things fresh is and i'm definitely guilty of this but like allowing artists to change song sounds and genres and and i think more artists should do a better job of pushing their sound not necessarily just in other genres but not following a blueprint yeah exactly like i i've been very critical of the swedish house mafia stuff that has come out um not really in the sense simple yeah and And that's that's not bad that's not bad but i do want to say it's sellable music yeah it will work it will work and people forget that electronic music of, of our day and age is literally like we're at the very beginning still. Yeah, like we just totally. passed our like great renaissance. Yeah. But now it's now everything's coming from these great artists of that pool that what about like 10 years on 10 years, yeah. 10 years ago, that pool was like the Mount Rushmore that people yeah. don't even understand. So when people kind of follow these blueprints of, you know, maybe trying to sound like uh kill the noise or trying to sound like uh alesso or mm-hmm. like calvin harris it, it, it never sounds bad but you're always going let's keep on adding though let's keep on adding yeah. like like when i hear a lot of dubstep nowadays and this is a cynical take and i don't care it it, it just feels like some of the best stuff has already been done yeah i want to hear something if i'm going to hear dubstep quote unquote i want to hear it and go like that's not even dubstep yeah like kind of like this is an interesting take right i don't know how you feel about them but like when i heard 100 gex i was like this is new yeah people are not gonna like it but my god my ears have never heard this before yeah and they're doing that a way where i can hear it and enjoy it a ton so i'm looking for like i want to see that happen in electronic music because you know (laughs) there's one guy there's one guy i hear there's their stuff and i go that's actually very innovative and new and that's more kismet yeah, more kismet. Is, that uh, stuff is some sound design. Yeah. Uh, I could I could send you their stuff. And kind of going off what you were saying too, I think it's interesting yeah. to see. It's going to be interesting because now that we are kind of, let's say, be generous, 15 years into like, you know, it legitimately being like president in America in terms of yeah. like what we know it as, yeah. right? Like now that's, we have people, you know, I'm 26. So, you know, there's, going to be 11 year old kids, 12 year old kids who start to get into this scene. And what are the artists that like, is it going to be the Alesso or like, you or know, it's going to be the new guy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And people typically relate to music. I think what's cool about um, the artists that we've grown up with, aside from Tiesto, who's like 50, but, um, and this isn't always the case, but like you grow older with, so Martin Garrix is my age and yeah. his, his music is going to continue to develop, you know, I hope as a fan to kind of correlate with what I, you know, what I'm going through. And that's cool. I think. Um, yeah. It's interesting to, to, to age with an artist. Cool. Yeah. How is your, how is your music? Like, and you talked about it a little bit, but, or I guess I should ask you, what sound are you like turns of electronically? Are you kind this of, this is the, 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 the stupid name i'm giving it cool is um just kind of electronic psychedelic rock 
base. Fuck yeah. You know, and then at some point it'll be a better name, or maybe <laughs> it'll be like uh something that people will give a name. Who knows? But what I want to do is really do what I what like Skrillex or Tame Impala did for me and go, oh, I can do this now. Like that's mm-hmm. been my plan of making stuff that I am going to be very kind of insecure about because it's not going to follow a formula that I know works. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to put out. And it's it's going to have sonics of both older sound and new stuff and trying to create a new oral pocket for your ears that you haven't, that hasn't been fit yet. Yeah. And because to me, like I, I'd rather expand on something than just stay within the the pool that I was given. Cause that that's where I was at, at the end of the pandemic is it felt like I was making the exact same song like yeah. every time. And I, I started for the first time hearing it and I went, okay, I know this works. Like I know this works, but mm-hmm. this is I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to just make like this generic style of future bass that worked with me. Like maybe yeah. I don't want to use a super saw. Maybe I want to use a guitar and fill mm-hmm. that spot. And so I said, well, like I'm going to have to build some confidence to do this then because I don't know what I'm doing. So this last, like I said, two years has just been honestly just creating stuff that people wouldn't maybe even call electronic music or yeah. rock music. Yeah. But my music. I, that, I want to just have it true. And that's what, I mean, I feel like that's, you know, as an artist, that's kind of the sweet spot when you're in that kind of middle ground and you're in between the twilight zone of, is this, this kind of sounds like Tame Impala, but it also kind of sounds like Midnight Kids. And it kind of sounds like, you know, all these different artists that you can kind of pu- uh, pluck from. And I'm, I'm a big, I, I hate like the genre boxing people do in terms of putting artists into a, a genre or, you know, what kind of song is this? Oh, this is like, you know, Latin tech house. It's like, you know, music, music, I think interweaves different sounds and it's kind of how you uh, interpret it. So you, but with that being said, it's been a while since you've come out with music. I think it's, it was 2020 when you last came out with, like, when was yeah. your last official release? 2020? My last official release was stuck in my head with AJ Salvatore, which okay. was a fun, fun fact about that project is I had a, a, a completely different version of it. Yeah. And uh, we sent it to him. And he was like, dude, let me get on it. And over time, like uh, at some point, we, I just sent him the stems and I kind of forgot about the song. I had a bunch of stuff in the vault that I just kind of just hadn't touched in a while. I said, yeah, here you go. And he did his thing and I heard the, the, the finished product and I was like, this is cool. Yeah. And we put it out. But my actual last original thing or even remix was... I have to check my Spotify. <laughs> I thought I saw 2020. <laughs> it was Carolina Riel, I believe. Yeah. I did a remix for her. And I that's when I knew when I did that song, by the way, I was like, okay, this is this is something I can do now. Cause I really wanted to have like this 80s dream pop, like yeah, bass song. Well, your music's so good, man. Like again, I remember when Stefan told me about you, like it was kind of my I was just kind of getting into that again, not to box into a genre, but like kind of future uh, melodic bass. Um, like that was kind of when I got into that. Uh, and that music had started to kind like, of like a, like a linium. Or... Yeah. A linium yeah. Griffin um, kind of just the big, like the big, like not, not four, four drop. Kick, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Um, and it was cool. And it was, it was new. And I was in that, and I was super into that 
Um, and I remember just like hearing your music and being like, this is so sick. And then I followed you as you, you released some of these um, different remixes and you were so good on it. So I'm so stoked for you to have kind of this new reinvented version of your, of your musical self and to implement, you know, the real, real guitars and, and, and to kind of see what you come up with. So I'm stoked for it. it. I, my goal is that some people hate it because that, that, that's, if it starts off with hate, it's, it's only way is up. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and I think, I th and not to cut you off, I think like, no, you're good, you're good. and I'm thinking of, too much, man. I no, no, I, I cut off and I ran and I'm the one supposed to be hosting. So I'm thinking of like your music when it comes out, like I might be, I might hear it and be like, ah, oh, like, that's different. That's not what I thought. Cause my immediately, right. my immediate thought is going to be like going back to when I like the music that I love by you. And I think it's the same for Swedish house mafia and why, like when I hear their music, I'm bummed out or um, I think people, uh, myself, this, definitely. I will say, I, I will say, sorry to cut you off. No, you're uh, good. I will say with my stuff, don't expect simple. Yeah. That's good though. That's all I want to say. Yeah. That, that, that's awesome. And I think um, it's important as a fan of any artist before like judging a change in sound or genre or just like idea of music, it's important to like understand that the artist is doing what they're doing for a reason, whether it's to, you know, creatively or they're trying to change things up or add new components. So um, I have a couple more questions before we wrap this up that I wanted for to sure. ask you. Um do you have a guilty pleasure DJ that you like someone who's very just like, not that there's any basic DJs out there, but, um, or just artists that, that you're super into. I have two answers. So like with the DJ, like my guilty pleasure DJ would probably be Daft Punk. Like I know okay. it's always, everybody loves Daft Punk, but like, dude, I don't care. It's so good. Like yeah. to me, I'm like, it, it sounds old. It doesn't sound like modern, but that's like kind of a lot of inspiration I've taken from it recently. It's just going like, cool. this stuff still bangs. Like, yeah. And, and, like I will hear one more time, a million more times. Yeah. 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 And my other, my other like guilty pleasure song right now is uh cascada. Every time we touch. I love, love that it. Song. That's like, I mean, that I, sounds like, incredible. I don't think, I don't think they knew like how important that song was going to be for like modern dance music. Like, I don't think they, I think they were just like, well, here's a synthesizer. It's, going, doo, 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 doo. it's, like, it's, cr it's crazy that like some electronic music like predates the internet or like real, yeah. like I listened to Eric Pritz's uh, piano, uh, Pajano or however he spells it. Oh my God. I was just and I, listening. And I was, it was, it came out in 2004 and I was like, 2004 i actually remember watching like the youtube video when i first heard that song on like my like box of a computer and like how was he making that like it's, it's crazy like how ahead of the, its time that that music was daft, daft punk especially yeah man like you hear some of those records and they sound so classic like like in a way that doesn't mean just like just because they were first but since they were first everything else was molded from it kind of like what i said like the beatles stuff is like you have it all starts from a seed where every like like i always try to look where the seed started with electronic music yeah and um i think who would who would you say is the seed for me personally it's certainly avici like for me like that was the first like dj that i looked at 
as like, I'm going to follow this artist. Like I'm going to be a fan of this artist. It's not just like, Oh, I've heard, Oh yeah. I've heard that song, but a seed of electronic music. Um, yeah. I would, I would probably say, I would say either like Tiesto or maybe Swedish house mafia too. That's a good one. Um, That's a good one. I think both those guys, I just read the Avicii book. I don't know if you've, I you've, need to read that. Yeah. You should, I highly recommend it. Cause they talk about kind of how it all got going first over technically first in Chicago, but then like it went over to Europe and then came back. Um, highly recommend it. I actually did a podcast that kind of talks about the the book. If you want to, if you want to check that okay. out. I'll check that um, out. One of the questions I had, uh, one of the question I had though, um, is just a song right now that you're listening to like a lot. That's you're playing. You can pull out, pull up your Spotify, pull up your SoundCloud. Dude. Could be dance music, could be electronic, could be indie, could be whatever you want. The Scroll. Boat I Row by Tame Impala and Machine Gun by Noisia. All right. Awesome. I love That's, it. I'll... I have I, I have a question for you, man. For sure. I, Shoot. Um, with with the scene being where it is now on the, the headliner type scene. Yeah. Has it is it like going back to the plateau thing? Will there be bigger artists than these guys? That's a great question. It's so easy for me to say no because I, I don't think there'll be bigger artists for my gen for like my generation of there will there will be artists that come that I think reach Avicii level, reach uh Tiesto, you know. But again, that's so saying, hard. It's gonna be like a Michael Jackson like type. Oh, of yeah. No, I don't think there ever will be because, and, and even what I was just saying, I take back what I said. I don't think there's so much context that goes into why artists become big. It's like the Phenomenon, whole, it's yeah. the whole story. It's the whole story. It's, it's the style that they have and, and what do they wear and, and like the paparazzi, like, Oh my, and just like the things that are going on in the world when they're reaching their ascension and, and their peak of, of fame, so and fascinating they'll like, they'll continue i think they'll continue will continue to breed the human society will continue to breed these absolute megastars whether they're djs whether they're artists actors actresses um you know they'll they'll be amongst those guys but the, all of those individuals will always forever be their own individual in my opinion that's a good opinion man yeah well it, it's it's crazy just to think like you know how massive and how big of a following and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it with this. I think one of the reasons I love dance music so much, especially going to like see a show and we'll use Alesso just cause I just watched his, his set and I've, I've seen him, but like caught, like when you're at a big stage, whether it's at a festival or whether you're at just a venue and you're seeing Alesso and it's just him up there and he's not playing piano and he's not playing, you know, it's more of like, you know, as crazy as it sounds, it's almost like a, a religious experience of like following this like very much shamanic, is. like this, this guy is up there just conducting thousands of people in sync. And like, there's, you know, in, in my opinion, it's like the most powerful thing that you could be a part of. When you see like a wave of people yeah. like jumping and it's like all in sync you go, yeah. how does some person have the power to emit such frequencies that are going to make all these people move? Like yeah. that, that to me is, I remember when I first started doing shows, like just seeing when you can, you're the reason they move. 
Yeah. I, I want people to realize that if you've never DJed before, the music is not completely what does it. It's your personality. It's your presentation. It's your energy you're putting out there to give back. So yeah. when I first noticed like, oh, that's it. Like, that's how you do it. I, I felt this like kind of grateful feeling of being like, this is, this is, it's like you said, religious. I'm having like, I'm yeah. a part of something. I'm 100%. creating something. And when you see it on that level of like a lesso or, or like those Calvin Harris's or the just or Chris Ma- or Chris Martin or Chris Bruno Martin. or Bono or you know any of these like mu- that music is just like it's it's one of those experiences and, and and presentations of art that you know obviously there's different types of music but as a whole music all does that in my opinion it does man yeah it's, it's so beautiful well like, hey i'll i'll hear wonderwall a million times still oh my gosh like, and that's why nostalgia is important to keep it around tell us a little bit about when we can expect new music um any shows you got coming up what's kind of on the docket for squalls not much at the moment but what i will say is new music will be coming out on a hidden side project very cool. soon and i'm working on two songs with tropics right now that will i think be music nfts let's go very cool and when it comes to the squalls project expect about five months all right and um keep rocking in the free world Love it, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Squalls, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at just, is it official, Squalls official or? Yep. S-Q-U-A-L-Z-Z, two Zs. Awesome. I'll put it in the show notes and everything. He's a great Twitter follow. It's one of the reasons why I've stayed connected is um, throughout your hiatus, I've always I've always uh, stayed in tune with what you got going on. So super stoked to have you on, man. Super stoked for the new music you're putting out and and appreciate Keep keep uh keep, you know, keep making people, you know, make sure some people hate it when it comes out, because that's important. That means you're doing it right. Amen, brother. And thank you awesome. for having me, man. This was a freaking pleasure. Yeah. Well, we'll have you on again, man, whenever you want. We're like, you know, I, I just love talking about this shit. So next um, time there's a hot cynical opinion, I'm going to call you. I go, I got I got a rant. Yeah. You're like my, you're like my, I can just like rant to you. You're like the, my EDM therapist. Just like no, the, I'm going to be like uh, Howard Stern whenever they yeah. get the crazy callers like, all right, Squalls is calling. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a <laughs> recurring guest. Well, this was episode 21 of the XU podcast with Squalls. You can check his music out on Spotify. As for the show, we'll be back next week. Peace. Peace.